Hi, everybody. I'm Patrick McEnroe, and this is Holding Court. Hello. It is Patrick McEnroe here in time for some Holding Court. And yet again, we, we have to step away a little bit from the tennis court, uh, as has happened quite a few times here on my podcast over the course of the last six to nine months. And for those of you that remember the Djokovic debacle down in Australia earlier this year, you will remember that one of my prominent guests uh, during that time, and still in fact, one of the most listened to podcasts I ever did, was with this uh, young man, Justin Quill, who is a prominent attorney down under with Thompson Gear, his law firm, but he also appears all over the media in Australia. And he was kind enough back in January to educate me and sort of walk me through the process of what happened with Novak Djokovic. We'll get to him because there's more news coming out of Australia uh, related to Djokovic as well. But I need to hear from my man, Justin Quill, about the Nick Kyrgios situation that is unfolding now in the last 24 hours. Justin is popping around Europe, so we're uh, happy to catch him as he's uh, trotting around. He will be, he has been around here at Wimbledon for the tournament, but it is great to hear from you, Justin, again, and I appreciate you giving me a few minutes. Uh, My pleasure, Patrick, and thanks again for calling me young. (laughs) I'll tell you, you look darn good because I searched you on the internet, you know, and find (laughs) your background. And I know you talked about your interest in sports and tennis in particular. So tell us from a legal perspective, what has happened now with Nick Kyrgios and the quote unquote charges? Because I hear on the BBC, I hear in U.S. media that that's a little bit different. So please explain the terminology and what actually has happened um, to Nick Kyrgios as far as his legal status with this apparent uh, relationship that he was in with uh, uh, his ex-girlfriend. Yes, well, look, uh, I, I can make it clear. He is facing charges, and he's go. He's due to appear in court. It will just be a first mention, what we call a mention hearing. So, not not much will happen, but that will um, that will be the formal commencement of proceedings on the second of August. But he is currently facing charges. His lawyers sent out a note last night around um, almost a sort of a bit of a threatening note back in Australia to some of the media, um, saying he's not technically uh, yet been charged, and that won't happen on. The until the 2nd of August. Look, that might be right, but it's smoke and mirrors. He is facing charges. It's just all about the way, the formal way you commence proceedings. You can commence them, commence them if you're dealing with someone in a police station, you can hand the charges to them. Uh, there you go, you're charged. Or you can say you'll be charged on summons, and that mm-hmm. just means the summons basically goes out in the mail, and that's what's happened in this case. So, yes, he is facing charges. First court date, 2nd of August, and it's assault. We know it's from December last year. We surmise that it relates to time he spent in um, hotel quarantine um, and a big blow up that he had at the time with his uh, with his ex girlfriend. Um, but we don't know much more detail about that, about the, the precise detail about the charges. It could be we think it a, a, just a push. I shouldn't say just a push, but mm-hmm. um, uh, a push as opposed to some more serious assault. Um, but but really, that's that that side of things is speculation. So we do know, Justin, based on uh, some media reports that transpired at the time, when Kyrgios uh, returned to Australia towards the end of last year, uh, and all Australians have to go through this mandatory two-week quarantine, and apparently he and his girlfriend were were in the same room together during quarantine, those two weeks, but then had to be separated, and the police had to be called to their hotel. Is that correct? 
Yes, that's correct. And we, we, the media in Australia, are all assuming, uh, and I think your Mississippi podcast can probably assume this alleged assault relates to that that time, that incident. Uh, but we don't know that for certain. The, the the details of the charges haven't been released, but we do know it was December that marries up with that time frame and the incident you're talking about. So I think it's it's very very likely to be that. Um, that situation, but we don't know that for absolute certain. All right. So when this report first broke, which was yesterday, uh, London time before the first day of the or quarterfinals, that would have been Tuesday here uh, in uh, yeah. London, uh, the BBC, I was actually at my flat uh, preparing to head over to do, do my work for ESPN and the BBC came on. Uh, they, were, they had just started the first match, uh, I believe it was on center court. And they said, oh, we, we have to interrupt this for some news about Nick Kyrgios. So I'm like, oh my, you know, yeah. the first thing I'm thinking of is, He's pulling out. What's you know? What 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 yeah. what what did he do yeah. this time? And then I hear this report. Yeah. Who was yeah. someone that writes for uh, that works for the BBC, more of a journalistic uh, type person? And they and, and they 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 specified this differentiation between British law and Australian law about the word charge. So what you're saying as an Australian lawyer is that that it sounds like you're saying that's just a bunch of bullocks. He's going to be charged yeah. uh, when he arrives yeah. in court on August second. Correct. 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 He's he's currently facing charges. Um, the 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 formal charges might not have been accepted by the court, but the summons has been issued. Um, so you know all of that sort of stuff, all of that discussion is is a bit of smoke and mirrors. I, I I wouldn't even worry about it. From the second of August, the the proceeding will be formally on on foot in the court. Between now and then, he is he is facing charges. Um, it's just that it, it hasn't sort of hit the court process yet because. Um, it's only on summons, so for all intents and purposes, it's the same. I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get um, bogged down in that uh, in that sort of detail. Frankly, I think the the note that went out last night from the lawyers was um, perhaps a little bit of a an attempt to create a bit of smoke and mirrors. You know, create a, mm-hmm. a bit of doubt. Oh, hang on. Hey, has he been charged? Has he not been charged? What well, is this going? And just make everyone maybe a little bit nervous about trying to uh, try to run it. This, is, of course, is part of my job acting for the media is uh, we usually um, find um, in situations like this parties try and try and you know put a bit of cold water on things and I think that's all that uh, that that letter was uh, last night I was trying to pour a bit of cold water on it but um, this is this is a hot topic um, and it's a really important topic you know this is um, this might not be the most serious type of assault but any assault um, particularly in you know today's day and age where you've got um, you know um, this particularly in Australia there's a big push for um, respect for women in fact I've noticed over here on the UK um, TV every 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 uh, ad- advertisement break, you see advertisements for um, you know women in sport and and women's rights, and so there should be. It, there should be just zero tolerance for any sort of violence, even if it's not the most serious type of assault. Any type of violence against women is incredibly serious, um, and uh, and so yeah, this is a, ser- a really serious matter, and we shouldn't get bogged down in the technicality of you know some charged on summons or charged normally. It's it's for all intents and purposes, it's the same. Yeah, we're certainly used to, uh, if you cover American politics, as I do, uh, with interest, uh, not as, a, as an expert, so to speak, but we're certainly, int- we're certainly used to smoke and mirrors when it comes to allegations and trying <laughs> to put the, a different spin out there. So let me ask you two questions, Justin. Um, 
So, so based on how the, the law works and based on what you would call a summons, as you said, you could get it in the mail. Do you, number one, do you think that Nick Kyrgios was aware of this before Wimbledon started? So in other words, in the last couple of weeks, was he aware this was coming? Number two, why did they announce it in the middle of Wimbledon when Kyrgios is making his, the best run he's ever made since, I guess it was eight years ago when he beat Nadal and made the quarters? Do you think that's a coincidence? Yeah, look, it's very interesting timing, isn't it? In answer to your first question, yes, I'm, I'd be confident he would have been aware that this was coming. What we don't know is when this summons was issued. This summons could have been issued a month ago. It could be that he knew he was facing charges a month ago, um, or it could have been that it's just been issued this week. We don't know that for certain. All we know is that it's been it's made its way into the public domain this right. week. So if if what has happened is that he was charged a month ago, you know, the summons was issued a month ago and um uh and and we're just finding out about it now because, you know, an investigative journalist in Australia did some digging and, and then the police made their statement and, and, and it went <laughs> went gangbusters, uh, uh, you know, uh, publicly. Um, if that's what's happened, then that's, I guess, in, in a way not surprising, right? Well, you know, that the, um, the judicial process is working, he's charged, um, journalists do their thing and, and it, it comes out at a time when he is already in the public um, eye through Wimbledon. It probably wasn't as big a story two weeks ago because mm-hmm. he wasn't really doing as much two weeks ago. So so if that's what's happened, um, you know, nothing to see here. We can all move on. If, however, the, char- the summons was issued this week, and I know that the, the, the judicial system should not wait for the for the Wimbledon draw, you know, I mean, uh, justice has got to got to continue no matter what happens in a tennis tournament overseas. Sure. But but if but having said that, and I, I should say I'm no curious man at all. I'm I'm not a fan of his in any way. But if if the situation is that the charges the summons was issued this week, and the and the police made that that statement. I've got to say, I, I find that a, a little inappropriate. That, mm-hmm. that given this happened back in December, what's the urgency? Why wait? It, why not wait? Which it could be another forty-eight hours. He could lose his next match. Why not wait? Or you know, till Sunday, Monday. Then you can do you can do whatever you want. Um, I, I've got to say, I think it would be inappropriate if it was the latter of those two scenarios. Mm-hmm. But I suspect if if you're asking me to put a bet on which way, I think it was. I think it was probably the former. I think he was probably the, the, the summons was issued a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and it's just come out now. We've just found out about it now, probably through, um, you know, some feisty uh, investigative journalist in Australia. Because if he was charged, if he was summoned, uh, even just sent that a letter, as you said, or his, his lawyers were notified, uh, that would be, is that automatically become public record or does it become public record when he has to appear uh, in court on August 2nd? I, the, I the latter. So that's the thing. Okay, yeah, interesting. He, he could have been charged a month ago. Yeah, right. he could have been charged a month ago. And then we, we would never know mm-hmm. until someone, you know, there, there might be a leak somewhere. Someone, someone sees in the office. his name right. on it. Right. Interesting. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so I think that's probably, I think that's probably the most likely scenario. I assume... I assume that he has been spoken to by police in, in, as part of their investigation. It would be highly unusual for the police to charge someone 
without first giving them the opportunity to to to, to um, give their version of events. So I suspect he's been formally interviewed by police. Now he may have given a no comment interview. That is pretty much standard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a law one hundred and one advice when when you've got someone. Um, you know, unless the answer is wasn't uh, it wasn't me, I wasn't there, I was overseas. Sure, you might give your answer there, but if it's anything else, you usually give a no comment interview in a criminal situation. And but I, but but the point of all of that is. He would have been well aware of this. This is, I, I think it's highly unlikely, highly unlikely that this incident happened in December. He hears nothing about it. He's in the middle of a Wimbledon campaign this week, and yesterday he reads about it in the newspaper. I think that's that's highly unlikely. He w- this would have been an ongoing. He would have. He already had lawyers. We know the lawyers were were, were on deck and acting yesterday um, because they made some public comments. So so I think almost certainly he's been approached by the by the police and he's been given the opportunity to give his side of the, the, the story. Um, he either took that up or he didn't. Um, uh, would have been on legal advice either way. And and he knew that this was all coming and likely to happen, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's the most likely scenario. And then it's just, it's, it's just happened to become public this week. Interesting. So, yeah, I'd have to agree with you. The fact that Curios had lawyers ready to respond, which he did immediately, would lead one believe to believe that yeah. he knew about this, which actually in some ways makes yes. it even more impressive what Nick Curios has done thus far at Wimbledon if this was hanging over his head. All right, Fit Biomics is my new sponsor here on Holding Court, and I'm, I'm very excited about this because I've been looking for something to help me with my gut health. You know, I'm 55 now, my gut not quite as ripped as it used to be. Other middle-aged men will know what I'm talking about. So I've been hearing about this gut health and probiotics for some time, and just so happens that Fit Biomics came along, wanted to be a sponsor of my podcast, and Nella is their new product. It's a deli capsule of next-generation performance probiotics, which is designed to help anyone, including yours truly, pursue a healthy and active lifestyle and reach a new level of their personal best. You know, get that gut health, get that digestion better, um, sleep better at night. So I am starting this out. I will do it alongside you. You can go to their website, nella.fitbiomics.com, and you can use my code, PMAC, that's P-M-A-C, 25, and you will get 25% off all products. Let's do this together. Let's see how our gut health progresses. Now, I want to ask you something. Take off your lawyer hat for a minute and put on your Australian you know, guy and, and just sports fan, because I know you're a big sports fan. You're a huge tennis fan. Of course, cricket, we know how big that is, and Aussie rules football. But you said something that you're not a fan of Nick Kyrgios. Um, I'm, assuming, no. I'm assuming it's fairly... A split because I look. I see it at my own our, our own tennis academy in New York. I mean, the kids come out. They all want to do the between the legs curio shots. They all want to watch him. Yeah. Obviously, he moves the needle. People love to come out and watch him play, which he likes to remind us of very as often as he can. By the way, uh, so what's your take, just yeah. as a sports fan and someone that's lived your life in Australia, loves uh, to follow all pro sports about sort of how he is seen uh, throughout the country of Australia, his own country. Uh, I, I can't recall a more polarizing figure in Australia. 
Um, nobody doesn't have a view on him. You know, you ask anyone. My 81-year-old mother has, um, she just hopped on a plane uh, here in London and is flying back to Australia as we speak. Um, she's a mad sports fan as well. She can't stand him. Mm-hmm. Um, my my uh, 10-year-old nephew loves him. And <laughs> right, everyone in right. between has every everyone in between has a view now. And I should say, you know, the reason my mum doesn't like him, for example, is it, it would be the usual reason because of his on-court antics, his carry-on, his his brashness. In my view, he he doesn't really um, epitomise what. Australians see as um, your typical Aussie sports person, you know, your Pat Rafters, your Leighton Hewitt, you know, um, and 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 um, you know, fair play and all that sort of that sort of thing. And he's sort of slowly chipping away at that reputation. For me, I dislike him for a different reason. I, I in my sporting life, I, I was, made a couple of Olympic squads, went to World Championships, competing for Australia in kayaking. I was not that talented and I had to work my bum off every single day Mm -hmm. and the fact that he is so talented like so talented he's the only bloke on tour who doesn't have a coach serious guy on tour that doesn't have a coach he just he said previously yeah I just don't want to do the work and and that attitude goes against everything I've stood for in my entire life and everything that I think Australian sports people have stood for over there. So battling hard, working hard away from the sporting mm-hmm. field and then coming onto it and trying to win. And he just doesn't do that. And, you know, remember a few years back he went out, he was, I think, in the third round of Wimbledon. He went out boozing at, the, at a Wimbledon pub the night before he played right. um, Nadal or Federer or Djokovic or something. Yeah, he said his, tra- his, his agent had to come and get him out of the uh, pub at four in the morning. Yeah. And he thinks that's funny. I, I, I think it's right. I think it's a terrible um, a terrible um, thing to promote to kids. Mm-hmm. And I think and like like you said and like I said, you know, the kids are the guy, kids are, are the ones that love him. And I think I think that he's at that attitude of just hey, do what you want, don't worry about working hard, um, you know. And if you don't if you don't do well, who cares? Um, that attitude mm. is it goes against everything Australian sports people over decades have stood for and everything certainly me and my wife have stood for. So look, he is polarizing. You can hear it in my voice. I think my heart rate's gone up 20, 20 beats a <laughs> yeah, minute you're fired talking up, about Justin. him. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm fired up. I'm yeah. fired up. So look, um, hey, I, you, you can't, you can't deny he's got talent though. You can't deny that. You know, it's, you said something so interesting and you said a lot of things interesting, but that he's, that I think is a larger issue here is, and it's not just Nick Kyrgios, by the way, you see what's happening with sports in America and, you know, NBA players play when they feel like playing, uh, they take a couple of days off, they need to rest, you know, forget, play 82 games. Who's going to play 80 games and I'll play 66, you know, and I'll still get paid by the way. Yeah. So but, yeah. but that, that word you use, yeah. chipping away. He's so solely chipping yep. away, and it's almost like that. It, 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 people like us, and I put myself in the same category as you, Justin. In that, you know, I didn't have all the talent in the world. I worked my ass off to get to number twenty-eight in the world, which I thought was pretty damn good. In my house, it wasn't great, of course, because yeah. my brother was number yeah. one. My mom said to me, "Well, you'll never yeah, be number one." I'm like, "Yeah, no shit." I'm like, "Nobody else will be either." Um, but anyway, Thanks, that, that, that's, what Thanks, gets, that's what gets me riled up uh, because I thought, like, you know, I maximized what I had. 
And I think that's to me yeah. Yeah. is, is, is maybe the biggest crime for, for anybody in any walk of life that you don't do your best at whatever it is you decide to do. And particularly when you go out on the biggest stage and you have someone, as you said, who's just so damn good. And by the way, has a lot of great yeah. qualities off the court. He's, he's very personable. No he's yeah. very intelligent. Um, you know, I've seen him on the Labor Cup team. He's unbelievably supportive of his teammates. But what amazed yeah. me, yeah. Justin, after the match with Sitsipas, and he came into the uh, press conference after Sitsipas had, in my opinion, rightly called him a bully with his antics on the court. Yeah. Those are bullying type. He yeah. came in there and he was completely unaware that anything he did was out of line. As, as far as getting under yeah. the skin of his opponent. Well, he's the guy that hit the ball into the crowd. And then, by the way, for any yeah. athlete to, to vehemently call for their opponent to be defaulted. In the, defaulted, that, yeah, I, that was cool. I, I said to my brother, you know, we talked about it the next day, you know, there are written rules in tennis, okay? You warm up for five minutes, you, you walk over to change over, uh, you know, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. You can't say curse words, which of course Kyrgios yeah, was yeah. saying throughout the entire first two sets of the match and never got penalized. And then there are unwritten rules. Yeah. You hit the ball to your opponent during the warm. You don't have to hit the ball. You don't even have to warm up, Justin. Did you know that? You don't have to warm up. Yeah, the- I know. Technically you don't. Yeah. Okay, so you shake hands yeah. after the match. You hold up the new balls to your opponent to say, hey, new balls. I, that, you don't do that because it's a rule. You do that because it's part of the unwritten rules of the game. And so when I hear Kirio say in the press conference, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. Mate. I, you know, I'm, he's laughing about it. No, I, you know, I just got under his skin. That's the whole point is that you're constantly yeah, doing yeah. those things. And, and to me, the fact that he was so unaware that he'd done anything wrong, I guess because not just him, but a lot of players, Alexander Zarev, when, you know, when he pounded the umpire chair uh, in Acapulco earlier this year, he didn't get suspended, didn't yeah. get face any. It, 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 it's a, this chipping away, again, to your point, and then I'm going to yeah. let you speak, at the consequences yeah. of one's actions. Yeah, yeah. And, and and ultimately, all of those rules that are not really rules that, that, that nearly all tennis players comply with um, and follow, Kyrgios complies with most of them when he wants to. And that's the thing. He ultimately, what he's saying to everyone, he's sending the message to kids, and that's, I hate this, but he's sending the message to kids, just do what you want. Don't worry about anyone else and don't worry about your impact on anyone else. You just do what you want. And and his unawareness, couldn't agree more. But I will just say one thing about his press conference on the Titsipas point is when he said he Titsipas is weak, um, uh, and I'm a fan of Titsipas, but I've got to say, I do think on occasions he does seem to be a little bit a little bit weak. And that, that to me, the fact that um, Kyrgios was bullying him, um, as he probably was, um, I think he needs to be stronger. You know, he, he it is it is elite level sport. I'm not saying it's right. Kyrgios shouldn't have done it. I hate that he does it. Um, but Titsipas just needed to be just needed to be stronger in the moment. I think. But anyway, that's that's a top. That's a whole other topic. Yeah, well, you know, as you said, there's a classic Australian sporting figures. And of course, we have so many of them in tennis. You mentioned Rafter and Hewitt, but you go back to the 60s and the 70s when you had the all-time greats, you know, Lou Hode, the Rocket, yeah. Rod Laver, Ken, Rod Laver, Rod Laver Ken Rosewall, John Newcomb. I mean, all you know, Fred Stolle. I mean, they all had the same yeah. mentality, rough, tough, but fair. 
and sporting. And you yeah, know what? We're yeah. going to go out and have a we're, <laughs> we're going to go out and have a beer when this is over together. Yeah, yeah, spot on. And and that's not to mention then then we can go into the females. We we could do this all day. But you know, Margaret Court, of course, uh, Yvonne Goolagong, Crawley, um, Ash Barty's, uh, uh, you know, idol. So yeah, um, that that has long been um, you know a straight part of Australian folklore. Um, and it's something as a kid growing up, you know, I always looked up to people like that. And I, I hate the thought that you know. My nephew, uh, my daughter, uh, would, would look up to someone like uh, Kyrgios, who, who just doesn't epitomise those those attitudes at all. In fact, is the exact opposite. But the, you know, there's anyway, the, the, he is what he is, and yeah. I'm not going to change him. <laughs> there's something. There, there is something to be said. I'm the father of three daughters myself. Of of teaching your kids and and wanting them to be individuals and to be you know strong and it's okay to have opinions you know it's okay to be different but it's not okay to just flaunt the rules consistently and it's not yeah. it's not okay yeah. you, there's a reason why there are rules not just in sport but in society because as a as a functioning society you have to uh, abide by the rules all right before I let you go because this is we're, I've already gone on much longer because it's always amazing. <laughs> <laughs> to have you on. I got to ask you on a more positive uh, note when it comes to, I mean, uh, Australian tennis players, I guess it's positive, but it's sort of negative because we were talking just before we started the interview about Ash Barty and how, and tell me what you told yeah. me, what you would have loved to seen here at Wimbledon this year. Uh, well, I mean, since um, uh, Ash has, um, uh, retired, we've just seen an absolute domination. Um, probably more so, than um, than even Ash dominated. Ega um, has just she's been extraordinary. I saw some stat the other day about um, the the points gap between first and second is bigger than the points gap between second and like three hundred in the world. It was some crazy statistic of just demonstrating how much Ega uh, um, has um, uh, dominated the last four months. Imagine watching those two. I'm going to the ladies final on Saturday, yep. and and and. and, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, uh, thanks very much to Channel 9. The host broadcaster in Australia is uh, uh, hosting me there, which I'm very happy about. Uh, shout out to them. But, but um, uh, And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But just imagine watching those two play. Mm. You know, imagine that's the uh, – I love to see Asher slice against Eager. And, oh, look, it would have been yeah. fantastic. And, and it's, it's a pity. I, I think we're – I mean – Good on uh, she's, you know, everything we just spoke about, and it's funny actually, you know, um, I'm amazed now that I think of it that um, neither of us raised Ash Barty in the context of Kyrgios because you probably couldn't get a better example of that Australian sporting um, folklore and, and attitude than Ash Barty. And, um, you know, I would have absolutely, uh, I would have finished the match on Saturday if she was playing um, with no voice at all for screaming <laughs> for her. I would have been very happy to see it. But anyway. Yeah, well, we're not going to see her. She's, she, she, I thought she wanted to stay home and not travel. But then uh, next thing I know, she's in New Jersey playing a uh, celebrity playing like, golf. sport golf tournament. So there you go. So as you said, good, good yeah. honor. Uh, we miss her in the tennis world. And she would have been, 
a monster favorite. I mean, particularly when you look at the women's field, I mean, you've got Halep still left and Jabour, who's an excellent player, but I'm sorry. I mean, Ash Barty would have just dominated the field here at Wimbledon. Just, you know, last year she basically did an Australian Open. She totally dominated uh, winning the tournament. So good on her, as you yeah. all say down on Okay, but no, the last thing I want to hear from you on, because uh, again, I appreciate you giving me time, is Novak Djokovic. Will, he may not be able to go to the United States. In fact, if, if the a tournament were played next week, he would not be able to go as an unvaccinated foreigner, non-citizen. Do you think, based on your thorough knowledge of Australian law, we went through this multiple times in January, that he will be able to get back into Australia to play in 2023? Yeah, I reckon he will. Um, and the reason I say that is um, largely due to the fact that we've had an election since since the, and you used the word in the intro, Patrick, correctly, debacle, since the debacle in January, um, it, we've, we've had an election and a change of government. And so it's much, much easier for the new government um, to to essentially say, look, we, that that deportation that happened back in January um, 2022, um, we're not going to hold that against you because as a result of that deportation, automatically, automatically there is a three year ban mm. for entering Australia. So in theory, he can't do um, next year 24 or 25. 2025. It'll be 20, 2026 before he'd be allowed back into the country unless unless he gets a ministerial pardon um, from the minister. And um, I think he will get that. I think he will get that and be allowed into the country because, in, to a large degree because we've got a new government. Um, now, is, is that a certainty? No. Um, but I'd, I'd uh, again, if, uh, if I was a betting man, um, hang on, who am I kidding? I am a betting man. Um, <laughs> uh, if you ask, if, if you ask me to put money on it, I would, I would put money on that he will be playing, uh, at the Australian Open in 2023. And, and even though I was highly critical of him last year for getting, for not getting vaccinated, and I still am, I think it's, it's just crazy, he sends the wrong message, all of those sorts of things we don't need to go into again. I do hope he is playing. I, I you know, the uh, tournaments are better with the stars like yep. Djokovic playing in them. So I hope, I hope he does. Uh, he is allowed. He, he is allowed in. Um, although even more than that, I hope in the meantime he sees uh, uh, sees the light and gets vaccinated. Although I'm not going to be holding the breath on yeah, that. Yeah, don't hold your breath. That is not going to happen. I don't think. And, and, but <laughs> that leads me to just the last no. the last question because. Uh, I, I, I agree with you, and I don't know it is nearly as much about the Australian government and the law, but that he will sort of get this pardon or, you know, they'll revoke the, the three-year yep. ban. That being said, that, that will also mean that either, either the Australian government, uh, the border control, will say for foreigners, you can get into the country if you're not vaccinated, which I personally find a little surprising that they would do that based on how Australia has handled COVID-19 and the pandemic or that he would have to go through this exemption process, which of course started this whole debacle uh, this past year. So what do you think is going to happen? Because the U.S. government at the moment is saying you can't get into the country as a non-citizen unless you're fully vaccinated. What will Australia say? What's the law right now? Let's say I'm Patrick McEnroe. Let's say for the sake of argument, I'm not vaccinated. I am, but let's say I'm not. And I want to go to Australia yeah, to go take a trip. I want to go, go visit the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah. And Am I allowed no. to go in the country? 
You, no, you need to be vaccinated, as I understand it. That is <laughs> okay. still still yeah. the war. Yeah. Um, but but you know, um, Novak. I, no, people people might this might um, make pe- some people skin crawl when I say this. But Novak Djokovic is not just anyone. He is he is um, you know arguably one of the well certainly one of the greatest tennis players ever. Possibly the greatest, although Rafa's having something to say about that for the last twelve months. Um, and so, so I think um, I, I think for the benefit of the tournament, I think he will be given some exemption, and they'll they'll in, they'll put in place some sort of I don't know, um, you know, some sort of requirement that he I don't know that he wears a mask when not playing or something mm-hmm. like that when when not in his hotel room or not or not playing, he's got to wear a mask. It'll be something like that, you know, just so that it looks like that mm. it's not just one one rule for 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 one person and one another rule for the rest of us. Um, but ultimately, that's what I'm saying. Um, there is there is, I think it is likely to be one rule for him and one rule for the rest of rest of uh, the, the um, people wanting to come into the country. And I'm okay with that. I've got to say, he's not he's not just any old tourist wanting to go see the Great Barrier Reef. Um, and so it, we've got to, if we have to put in some restrictions to make it look a little bit better, mm-hmm. um, I'm okay with that. And I, and I think that's where we're going to land. And again, I say that in part, greatly in part because of a change of government. I think that makes an enormous difference. Hard to explain on a, uh, a short podcast like this, but the but the change of government will will make that a lot easier. So the Czech tennis player, the female tennis player, who the cops came to her hotel in Melbourne and they escorted her out of the country because yeah. she wasn't vaccinated. And Tennis Sandgren, the American yeah. tennis player, who had a great run there a couple of years ago. He's unvaccinated. He's an American. Uh, they'll all be. They'll will they all be allowed to come in? That's the question. Yeah, I reckon. Okay. Yeah, right. I, I think yes. I think yes. Now, look. I, I, let me let me be clear about this. I say that with not a great degree of certainty, mm-hmm. and and with uh, and 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 ultimately, other than other than understanding, you know, the, the change of government situation, um, I, I say that without any any real insight or knowledge. I don't know the discussions that are going in, on in the minister's office, but I'll bet you they're happening. I'll bet you any money <laughs> they're already starting to think about it. And and uh, and um, uh, that's what we really need to know. What's the thinking of the minister? You know, and, and that'll probably depend a little bit on how they think it will play out in the public. And again, if we have the same government, if the same government got back in at the last election a couple of months ago... There's no way they could allow him back in. It would be hypocrisy of the highest order to have the you know carry on that that, that happened in January and then to let him in the following January. Um, whereas change of government, I think they will be able to say, "Yep, we'll let him in," and that won't give us a lot of uh, kickback from the public. And I think that's what's happening. But you know, it's a wait and see. Justin, you are the man. Uh, have a great trip to Amsterdam where you're off to. I will see. I look, you need to text me when you're on site on Saturday for the women's, for the ladies I'll, championship. I'll I, see you I, Saturday. I love to meet you in person. And uh, what I'd even love even, even more than that is hopefully I will be back in Australia in 2023. ESPN has signed a new deal with Tennis Australia, uh, which is great news. And I'm hoping, we're all hoping that we'll be able to make the trip down under because uh, um, let me let, let you in on a little secret, Justin. That's my favorite Grand Slam. My favorite trip is going to Melbourne. So, uh, of course it is. Of course it is. Well, Patrick, you, if you can do that, we'll. Uh, why don't we? Uh, we'll have a hit of tennis when you're in Melbourne, and and <laughs> I'll also take. I'll actually. I'll take. 
I'll also take you out in uh, in uh, in one of the racing kayaks on the river right next door to uh, uh, Flinders Park and see uh, see how you perform in that. <laughs> I might need a little help there. I'll, I'll help you with your back end. You help me with the kayaking. <laughs> Justin Quill, Done, everyone, uh, prominent Australian TV personality, and mo- more importantly, a great guy and a great attorney from down under. Really appreciate you filling us in on all topics Australian, Justin. Thank you. Thanks, Patrick. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media.